A lion on his side, was it his lying or his pride that brought him down? Once the king of beasts, but now they feast on the thoughts beneath his vacant crown. The next station is Concourse B. Concourse B, as in Bravo. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sadie Hawkins Pod. Hello, Jessica. <laughs> Hello. Yes, it's true. We took a week off last week. I feel like we say that every, we've said that every other week, Grace. <laughs> we had a really, really, really good streak for the first like year and a half of the show. Like we were not that far behind, and I guess just after doing this for a long time, and there's been so many changes in our regular life, and I don't want to harp on. All the stuff going on in our regular life, because uh, my some of my favorite YouTubers, like once in a while, they upload a very dramatic video about like, here's what's going on in my life, guys. I'm very busy. <laughs> like that's all it comes down to. I'm like, it's all right, it's all right. You know, I release the thing every week. It's cool. It's still following you. So whatever. I mean, there's one thing that just happened today that actually is a thing. That has been very upsetting, but uh, my grandmother passed away. Not to just leave it hanging any further, but literally the day that we're recording, that actually happened. And um, we, we, yeah, so we took last week off just kind of coincidentally. We had a lot going on with IVF stuff and with my new job. So we're like, we need a breather. Let's take the week off. And then this happened and so it was like it was like do we take another week off and I was like no I don't want to forget but I don't want to slow down and we had this song picked so this is not a this is just a coincidence in terms of like redoing forget not slow down which was our sixth or seventh episode originally it was already picked so I don't know if it's fitting or not because I want to talk a little bit more about my grandma in a little bit but uh yeah How's your day going, Jessica? <laughs> Aside from consoling me. Um, yeah. I'm yeah. not laughing at the situation. I don't know how else to handle, I you know, understand. painful and awkward situations than to just kind of laugh a little. I'm sitting here wondering why the table is like extra creaky tonight. It's, it's extra creaky because we haven't. Like, what is going on? Well, let's see. With the table's always creaky. It's been for a couple of months. <laughs> creaky, creaky. Just, oh Ooh, my gosh. I, I think hear. we got it. Oh. Oh, I mean, listen to that wiggle of the microphone as I wiggle the table, but listen. Oh. Oh. See, now when I'm editing the podcast, although now that I'm working, you edit the podcast again, like like in the first year. But now when I'm editing the podcast, I'm always just hearing, because we have a very creaky kitchen table we record at. But I just picked it up, and I placed it back down. And it's still there, but it's not as bad as it was. Like months and months of creaky table on the podcast. Gone away just because I went lift drop. <laughs> well, we'll have to take that up with the folks at IKEA. <laughs> right. <laughs> I love that we have like nice non-IKEA chairs, but we still have an IKEA table. <laughs> well, it's the perfect size for the space. It is. So it's it's because we don't have a big. Uh, it's a little two-person table. <laughs> it's not. A, we don't have a dining room. We have a break, We have a nook. We have a nook in the kitchen. A little breakfast nook. So it, it always makes sense for us to just have a two-person table and. Yeah. Then, 
we used to eat dinner at the table at night like human beings. Yes, <laughs> like that's... civilized people. And then Danny started to be like, I'm going to eat in front of the TV. So now we usually eat in front of the TV. Well, you know. When we have kids, though, family table, Dan. Got to go back to that. <laughs> well, we will definitely have to get a bigger table by then. Well, obviously. And we'll get another microphone so the kids can be part of the podcast. Because <laughs> the podcast mic right here. It just sits above the kitchen table all the time. Even on the occasions that we do sit at the table and eat, it's always just sitting here. Yeah. We usually just, like, uh, use the arm to extend it out of the way. So, Dan, uh, voicemails. Well, hold on. Do you remember that helpful Honda radio commercial where the lady used her thing (laughs) to set up a podcast studio? studio. (laughs) It's like, what, do you need a laptop? So I don't. I, I'm pretty sure they're national commercials, but I don't know if they're in every region. But the the you know the helpful Honda people, it's like the Honda people in their Honda, uh, selling polo shirts. They go out and they do nice <laughs> deeds for the community. They give out free food, or they do this, or they do that. And the cameras are always there. The way they do it with the radio commercials, if you don't listen to regular radio, is a helpful Honda person calls up a real person on the phone and we's and is like. We heard you can't. Af- you're a teacher, and you can't afford your school supplies for the year because you know s- teachers are supposed to pay for their own school supplies. Well, we're buying all your school supplies, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, thank you." Or we heard you're in a bad way, so we're paying your tuition for the month. And it's like, "Oh my gosh, thank you," and they're real because all these commercials end with blank was a real person who was paid to be on the radio. So everyone's a real person that's paid to be on the radio. That's on the radio. There aren't fake people on the radio. Well, they mean it's not a character. I'm telling They're you, it's actors. a loophole. It's fake. <laughs> I'm telling you, right yes, now. technically it is a real person, <laughs> and as long as they use their real name, even if they're an actor playing the part of the person who was helped by the friendly Honda people, yes, they're technically still a real person. But the thing that the commercial says is these are real people, and once in a while, the helpful Honda people, you know, at the beginning of those radio, at the start of one of those radio commercials, they be like, "This is your." friendly neighborhood Honda person and it's like yeah you know my, this I have a loved one that passed away and, and the Honda person on the mic will be oh I'm really sorry and you actually hear like a crack in their like corporate facade for a second anyway there's one where they're helping a lady get a podcast studio in her house and it's like oh no what a waste because like the helpful honda people will do everything like, uh, do you have a phone yes great you, you can now a record podcast. a co- podcast yeah and they're like why and she's and, like i've been oh, thinking oh, of starting oh, a podcast oh. but it's like she had just lost her job she she's like yeah i just lost my job so i i need a podcast studio <laughs> <laughs> And they're like, she's like, and it's the most vague thing. She's like, I want to get some ideas out there. Right. What does that mean? Like, I know that's all we do, like, on social media. We're just getting our ideas out. let me tell you, you make big bucks in podcasting. (laughs) Podcasting about vague ideas? Very lucrative. Well, if we had gone with Anchor, (laughs) supposedly you make money right away with that. Even no matter how big your, I mean, dollars, I'm sure. Uh, no matter how big your audience is. Anyway, yeah. I wonder how that lady's doing. I wonder if she's reliable, Jay. <laughs> Just kidding. No, we know it's not. We know. That's Josh. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that doesn't even fit the reality. The joke doesn't even fit the reality of the thing. We know it's not the person. Whatever. Anyway, I guess I'll just talk about my grandma now before we get to voicemail. Okay. 
so yeah, my grandmother passed away, and she'd been unhealthy for a while. She had like a she had kidney failure, and then she was having dementia. And this actually ties into Reliant K in a very unexpected way, but um, it's really upsetting. She was like one of the closest family members I had, you know, including my mom and my dad and my sister. She's probably the next person who was kind of directly close to me family-wise. She lived with us for a long time. My grandma, she was my mom's mom. She is my mom's mom. Uh, and she lived, we had a basement apartment for her from like 1995, 94 to, and then she moved out around 2001. I know it had to be around 94, 95 because right shortly after she moved in, she had bought me a Sega CD. She had bought me... <laughs> I remember, like, always hanging out in her apartment in our house, uh, listening to one of the first CDs I ever bought for myself, which was Green Day's Dookie. So that's like, you know, I know that came out in 94, but I think I got it a year later. Yeah, and she drove me to school all the time when I was going to private school and there wasn't a bus and it was actually like three towns over. So, yeah, it's, it's very upsetting. She was a very, very close person to me. And then, but one amazing thing literally Reliant K facilitated this is that our decision to go to the Boston show we spent that entire time and you know we went to Florida in Orlando where Jessica's parents live and we spent most of the time with them we spent one night they don't live in Orlando they live like an hour and a half two hours away so we spent like one night in Orlando for that concert and then we spent a couple of days with them outside Orlando the Boston show, it's all very close. It's all with like within half an hour of each other. So it's like the concert, my dad's house where we were staying, and my grandma's house. They were all like right there. So every morning we would wake up and we'd go see my grandma during that trip for the um yeah Boston part. And like that might have that might not have happened. And I don't know when the last time we saw her before that would have been. But we got to spend like four days. We brought her Chinese food one day. <laughs> That was really nice. We couldn't really take her anywhere. Like on other trips when we've been home to Boston, we'd take her like different towns around in their downtown areas or shopping to the mall. She worked at the mall for years. She worked <laughs> in Burlington, Massachusetts. She worked in Burlington, Massachusetts. We lived in Burlington, Massachusetts and she worked at the Burlington Mall for years. She worked at the info booth. But by the end there, in this year when we saw her in March, we couldn't really take her anywhere. So we brought her Chinese food and we kept visiting and saying hi and talking to her and we wouldn't have gotten that time. And the thing is, we're like the last people other than my aunt who was taking care of her every day, who would come by every day to refill her medicine and refill her fridge. Like other than her, we're the last ones to see her at her apartment. And then like right after the um, yeah trip and seeing spending all that time with her, she started to get really sick and they took her to the hospital and then the hospital was like she can't live on her own anymore so she didn't even know but we had they were like having to get rid of her apartment like it was really awful but they were getting rid of her apartment while she was still alive because she could never go back there and live on her own anymore and then she um like got while she was in this facility she got covid she did not apparently die of covid but it obviously didn't help but it was like only so much time left so i'm sorry to you can jump in anytime <laughs> jessica's being very respectful of what i want to talk about but like anyway you can jump in anytime mama was a wonderful person yes her name was mama 
So we not ha- her actual name. That's just what Danny called. No, her, her. name was Martha. Why'd you say that name? <laughs> the last several years, that was always a thing. Why'd you say that name? <laughs> so yeah, she's a very special lady, and I was really close with my grandmothers, and they have both passed on when I was in high school. So it was always really nice to have Danny's grandma as well. To yeah, did have a grandma experience. <laughs> That's right. It's much better than the girlfriend experience. Oh my gosh. I, I didn't think of it that way, but it, yeah, that's what it sounded like. What a somber episode. Let's let's get into it. Let's let's liven up the mood let's a little. Let's not forget, but let's not slow down. Right. So I don't ever want to forget, but yeah, it's been a rough day. Uh, yeah. There was one other thing. Oh yeah, so it's funny. If like we didn't do this podcast, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have seen any particular reason to fly. If, like if we weren't doing this podcast, I don't think we would have felt the compulsion of like oh we've got to go to the reliant k to the east coast like we would have probably in a world where we didn't do this podcast we would have been like uh we'll wait till they come to the west coast or maybe we just would have done orlando but we were like i got all this time we're doing the podcast it'd be good to see them at least twice let's you know so we got all that time with my grandma in her apartment where she loved to be she loved living on her own she loved having her own space her own apartment so, and then we got to spend all that time with her right up to the end. Yeah. Right, not up to the end, but right before. We were very fortunate. We were very fortunate. So thank you, Relike. Yeah. <laughs> Everything happens for a reason. Yeah. Like I said, let's not forget, but let's not slow down. And we do have voicemails from going back. So let's see. We have a couple here. Right. And so, yeah, so it's been three weeks since we talked about a Reliant K song. Because two weeks ago, we talked about Daydream, the Earthquake song. That's right. And then last week... Oh my gosh, I was legit sitting here like three weeks ago. We did not talk about that Wiz Khalifa song. What are you talking about? Right. (laughs) So here's one voicemail, which I'm pretty sure we didn't play (laughs) two two or three weeks ago. Hey, this is uh, Josh, uh, PhD Josh. Um, so I was just listening through to your episode and you've twice brought up the quote, uh, if you don't like the weather in X place, uh, wait five minutes. And I've actually, and of course nobody knows where it comes from. I've, I've actually dug into it and like nobody knows where it comes from. Uh, it seems to have originally or at least first been stated in uh, a newspaper about Chicago, um, and then later somebody said, after Mark Twain had died, somebody said that Mark Twain actually first said it before the Chicago piece about New England, specifically New York. Well, New York's not part of New England, unless that was a thing back then, right? Well, it was a thing back then. Maybe it was a thing back then. Now, it's close enough, whatever. New England is the five states, oh boy. and New York... Oh, boy, <laughs> New York's not part of New England. Maybe it was considered part of New England back then. Whatever. But you know how, like, New England with New York looks like a kangaroo? Did you ever, were you ever taught that when you were a kid? I don't think so. Maine is the head. Uh, Cape Cod on Massachusetts is the arms. Rhode Island is, the like, the feet. Rhode Island. And, and then uh, New York is the tail. Gotcha. So we got this big old kangaroo on the top right of the United States of America. But New York's not part of it, so you can't say New England. Why are you gatekeeping New England, Danny? (laughs) Before you know it, Newfoundland is going to be like, oh, we're part of New England as well. (laughs) 
Um, and then in 1940, it was attributed to Will Rogers, an Oklahoma uh, news uh, personality uh, about Oklahoma. So uh, with that in mind, I would like to make the argument that it should apply to uh, Oklahoma and or Kansas most because uh, being from Oklahoma, um, Oklahoma has no natural lakes. So whereas like Florida or any other coastal regions have water that sort of like make sure the, temp the temperature at least is more cool or is more not cool, uh, even the Oklahoma and those like more interstates don't. I, I know all about Oklahoma weather. We all know this the wind comes sweeping down the plain. We all we all know the lyrics to the to the musical where the wind comes sweeping down the plain. We get it. You're why people don't want to leave voicemails, Danny. <laughs> also, Oklahoma and Kansas ha are the very middle of the United States. I think it's 20 miles north of their border, and they're also very much plains. States, at least uh, in the middle of them. So you have those cold winds coming down from uh, Canada and those warm winds coming up from the Gulf of Mexico and Texas and Mexico, which is why that part of the country is known as Tornado Alley. So you have all sorts of different weather all coming together. So it actually, like... Uh, when people move to Oklahoma, they're like, well, this was a thing where we're from, but it actually more applies here than anywhere else I've lived. So, yeah, that's just one possibility. That's interesting because, yeah, everywhere where um, that saying, which we've brought up on the podcast multiple times, but we got this voicemail almost t over 10 days ago because it's been so long since we had a proper episode. And then, like, at the same time, someone DM'd us about us talking about that saying as well. So something funny. about that saying really gets people's uh, attention. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> and talking about where it comes from. But I've, like, never heard it referred to as, like, a middle America thing. I've always heard it referred yeah. to as, it's like... It's so interesting. It's, well, uh, that's because you've never lived in middle America. <laughs> no. <laughs> Except for the few months you spent in Chicago. <laughs> right. Well, thank you, Josh, for calling. And there are a few more. There are two more voicemails from someone who says it's their first time calling. Oh, it's Sam because we Sam Henson because we talked about her cover of Daydream two oh, weeks nice. ago. So she called up. Yo, um, this is my first time calling in. Um, but yeah, this is Sam. I'm actually, ironically, I'm driving from Sacramento to L.A., so your podcast did distract me. Uh, but I was listening to the Daydream uh, podcast. I'm about, like, halfway through it, and I just wanted to make some comments, um, positive comments. But I'm, like, totally, totally obsessed with this album. It was, like, one of the albums that kind of got me back into Reliant K, um, besides, like, the tour. Um, it was, like, the 10-year anniversary one. But, so... Wind Up Bird was actually mixed by Aaron King, who is the drummer of Luke Math and then um, Supra and everything. So, and, and that's kind of like what he's been doing. Um, and there's like a cool, whole cool story that I've done just 
snooping on Instagram and Reddit and stuff like that. Uh, but I think that's how Ellie got connected was because she's been working with one of the other people from Mute Math. Um, I forget his name, Elise Singer. But I, I'm curious. I bet Robert Day probably knows more. But I think that could be the connection is that Darren maybe called her up because it seems like they already had an existing relationship. Um, and two other notes that I had. Um, okay. The familiarity of the song, it's really interesting. Reliant is getting into you is basically daydream. So if you do, or in my opinion anyway, it's like if you speed up getting into you, it's like the same verse chords. So I think that's why it's familiar. And then I would also say like lastly, the lyrics with daydream, okay so similar to Savannah because it's like the longing for someone. And I think like Matt does that in a lot of his songs. So it'd be fascinating to know like who specifically he is longing for with this song. But um because I think like like Flower I know is the the you know, is a part of like the forget and not slow down type of song. Um yeah, and I know he has like a lot of other ones so it's like it might just be, like, a fuse that he had, but that's always what I thought of when I listened to it. So, um, but yeah, I hope you guys are doing well. Um, I'm excited that you're diving deep into this, and um, I'll take a picture of the album cover art when I get home. When I get home, can't talk, but, yeah, um, I'm going to continue getting distracted by your podcast. Well, thank you. And then she called back with a follow-up that's one minute long. But before that, uh, Tim Wilson gave us a scan of the inside sheet to the wind-up bird vinyl. So we have all the official lyrics. And it is not the temperature is dropping the hint or whatever (laughs) that stupid (laughs) misheard lyric was. Dropping the heat. Dropping the heat. It is the hint. It is the hint. It is not the heat. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever the bad, yeah. It was not the heat. It was, it is hint. So we or someone has to go correct that. And then if you need to use the photo, we have the photo from Tim Wilson, which includes the credits that aren't in the CD. And and the other thing is, yeah, we want to have, we're going to, I've already talked to Robert Gay about, being on the podcast again because spoiler warning he was Dermike when Dermike What? <laughs> when Dermike was on the episode it wasn't the real Dermike. <laughs> it was Robert Gay. I have been bamboozled. I know, I'm so sorry. Is this why you said I didn't need to be in the interview with you? Yeah, cuz I needed to to trick you. I didn't I didn't want you to be culpable. I didn't want you to know. <laughs> I mean, I guess I appreciate that. Can't I, like, choose not to testify against you anyway because we're married? (laughs) Isn't that a thing? That is true. Um, So, anyway, we're going to have Robert Gay on for some episodes sometime. Uh, It just seemed like a good way to jump in with the two biggest songs on Spotify, which also happened to be, like... Not the album opener, but the first single and then the album closer. And then we can get into the rest of the meat of the album and have Robert on one of those episodes. Uh, but yeah, that's all interesting stuff. And I'm glad to find out. I had not, I didn't pay attention to who the producer were, the mixers were. The mixer was, I mean, it's probably on Discogs. But it was, like I said, we didn't have a copy of the insert. And I don't know why they didn't put the, anything on the CD. They didn't put credits. Yeah, they didn't put anything yeah. in the CD. And it was a new copy. It was a shrink-wrapped yeah, copy. Yeah. So it's not... And I think I got it directly from SMLXL. 
I'm pretty sure I got it directly from them. I didn't get it even from Amazon or anything. Uh, maybe I got it from Collide Records or something like that, but it's definitely a brand new copy. Not a re- My point is not a refurbished copy, because that does happen sometimes now with physical media. Some people take a mint CD and just rewrap it and say it's new to upcharge when it's like a sought-after thing. I don't know if they'd, anyone would do that with Wind Up Bird, but technically it's it's plausible on Amazon. So here is Sam's follow-up call. I know that this happens because, sorry, re-wrapping, re-shrink wrapping, like mint used media or previously opened media and then selling it as new so you can upcharge it as new. I know that happens. For one, one reason I know it happens is because I bought a Nintendo game once that was new. And when I opened it up, the frequent buyer Nintendo points inside had already been used. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. But because I didn't buy it from a reputable seller, like anything from right. Target to, you right. know, Best Buy. I just bought it from some rando on Amazon oh, no. who had clearly just re-shrink wrapped a game that was in perfect condition. I couldn't do it. I wasn't going to do anything about it, be able to do anything about it. So anyway, here is Sam's follow-up call. Bob, hey, it's Sam again. Um, I hopefully I'm not going over time, but I just listened to the whole thing, and thanks for featuring my cover. I, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, it. I really love that song a lot. Um, and then I've I've done a couple of others too. It's again like one of my albums I was really obsessed with for a while. Um, I was also thinking too. I forgot to mention this earlier. There's a really cool story about like the album art too. Um, I found him on Instagram, and I can send you guys his handle via Instagram, but it's, like, someone that Matt met at a bar in Columbus, and they, like, like ended up drinking beers together and stuff, and then he, like, really loved his artwork, and he does, like, graffiti and stuff like that all throughout Ohio. So, and I started following the guy, so I was like, this is really good artwork. So, um, yeah, but it's cool. It's, like, Matt has all the beers type Oh. Oh. Well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> some well, that's of the an last, awesome insight. Yeah, some of the last few seconds there got cut off, but I think we got everything. Yeah, that's an interesting insight, and we'll have to find out. Yeah, thanks for calling. And also, send more covers. <laughs> right. But, spoiler warning, because we did talk about it two weeks ago when we did Daydream and we found Sam's cover, that the only other cover she had that was like um, that I immediately saw that was relevant to us was forget not slow down. So we have that cover again. If I think from the same club, we'll talk about that when we get to covers, there's a little bit more to it than that. Yeah. Thanks for calling. So we'll get, thank you Josh for your call. And thank you. Yes. So forget not slow down. So this was our originally our burden to be size is first, right? So the first five albums and six and seven. So this was our se- originally our seventh episode. And it's just one that I felt the need, I felt like I wanted to redo. And I don't really think we need to redo almost any. It's really, when it comes to us redoing episodes, it's just a matter of, did we feel like we missed something? Did we feel like we weren't quite there yet? Like, Savannah was an early episode, and we've learned a little bit more about Savannah since then, but I don't think we need to go back, because we discovered so much while we were doing that episode, that I don't feel like a whole nother Savannah episode would be beneficial. 
But I do feel like when we originally did Forget Not Slow Down, this kind of had the most going on out of all of the first tracks that we did. And we, I feel like we missed, if anything, we missed a certain vibe that was important to the song. And like all our redo episodes, I deliberately have not gone back to listen to our previous episode. Like, this is a forget and not slow down yeah. situation. <laughs> Same. Like it was with Hello McFly and everything else we've redone. We just keep going forward. So if we repeat things that maybe if you already heard it in a previous episode, if you remember that episode better than we do, oh well, it'll just prove that those points were salient because we repeated them a second time. But hopefully we've learned more over the last couple of years talking about other forget and not slow down album tracks and seeing the relevance of this song overall. Because I definitely feel like I understand this album better because of this podcast. And really, if this was our first song from this album that we talked about, we barely had our feet wet when it comes to this album. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say, I've, I like love this album now. It's now like my favorite album of all time, I think, Mm. from any artist. Uh, So yeah, I definitely have more to say about like the song. Controversial. Just kidding. The album in general now. So I just kind of took some, some general album notes that I wanted to mention before we dive into the song. Just this album is so stunningly vulnerable. It's going on the journey of someone's breakup, like the bad, the messy, the therapeutic. It's an unfettered look into the stages we all go through during heartbreak. And I just think that is so incredible. And I actually, and Danny, you personally, just because we do talk about this like off mic, I came to a new understanding and appreciation of Sahara when I was listening through uh, the other day at the gym. I like listened to the whole album through twice and... Sahara had has never been my favorite song, but when I was listening to it, I realized that Sahara is actually the most honest and vulnerable song on the album. Uh, was it the lying or the pride that brought him down? Like, it's just right there out in the open. It's just, right. you know, like, I've lied and I'm prideful, but please don't turn your back on me. You know, don't turn me loose even when I turn my back. Right. You know, like, it's just, it's, it's just right there. Mm-hmm. And when we covered that song, I think I might have taken more of like a religious look at it, at the the Don't Turn Me Loose uh, line. I mean, it could be both. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, like absolutely. classic Reliant K songs, For sure. the discussions that get some people mad at me. <laughs> it could be about God and a girl. It could be a duality as art and poetry is meant to do. There's not a singular interpretation. So if he's saying, please relationship i'm in don't turn me loose oh also god please don't turn me loose it's the same situation yeah and and as we we've talked about before like i think that you should take what you take from songs and death of the author and you know what the true intention is doesn't matter if you can find something in it that speaks to you in the way you need it to and that's something that i'm going to actually talk about later on the song we're recovering today And I think that's honestly one of the greatest things about this album is that I've listened to it front and back dozens of times now and I'm still making new discoveries, Mm -hmm. which I think is just like really, really cool. And the sequencing of this album is why I've said in the past that it's like a rock opera, just going through those different stages of post breakup grief. I mean, I look at the placement of Sahara followed by the Savannah Suite and then If You Believe Me. 
And we know that the narrator has lied. He's acknowledged it three tracks prior. And now he's like, but hey, remember the good times? If you would just believe me, believe my lies, we could stand the test of time. We could move on. And then there's that frustration and anger of realizing she's not going to come back. And that's fine because he's made it through worse. So this is the end if she wants it to be the end. And, you know, he lays his cards on the table like even in this opening track of if I become what I cannot accept, resurrect the saint within the wretch. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, you know, so good. So like it's all out there. Yeah. I mean, this song is obviously a mission statement. I don't know if that's the most appropriate phrase, but it, it is like a thesis for the album as a whole, aside from the fact that it's the title track. And I mean, write this down into the questions for Tyson, maybe someday file. And maybe this is in the documentary, but I've never watched the making of documentary for this album for me any time. I know you have. And maybe that's a Patreon we should do soon now that we have our whole streaming setup uh, capable. But um, I would be curious where the decision was for, you know, naming this album. Because it seems pretty clear from what we know about, like, the origin of this album as a whole that he went sort of into seclusion on his own, in a cabin, apart from his everyday life, to specifically be secluded and write this album. And then come back and work on it with the band, and they kind of help fill out the writing of the music, you know, and and complete things there. And then you watch that Mark Lee Townsend video, where he talks about the 10th anniversary of Forget Not Slow Down, the album, and... In that YouTube video, he opens up the Pro Tools stems for Savannah. But he talks about the creation of that album there as well. And he says, like, you know, this might be technically a a down thematic album, but it was not a down experience, right? So it still was kind of like an uplifting, hopeful experience. Maybe not in every moment for Tyson when he's writing these songs, but that is kind of like... That's the way his music comes across, so I would think that's the way he kind of operates, is like to be an optimist, even in the most pessimistic circumstances. I'm kind of sidetracking myself here, but my point my point I'm getting at is like, he's writing all these songs, and he writes Forget Not Slow Down, and in that moment, he's, is he like, oh, this is a good title for the album? Or does he just finish all the songs, and then bring it back to the studio with Mark Lee Townsend and the rest of the band, and do they start discussing album sequence and the title and then you know the artwork by his uncle the painting of the trailer and everything on the cover does that all come in after like i would be really curious to know just from like how much specific planning happened in that cabin writing session like did tatis in this did he have ideas of what this album as the album, as the piece of work that it is, the full album experience, did he have ideas for that, or was that stuff that was discussed after the fact? Because the title, because tr- making this the title track would be a part of that, and I'd be curious because what it's like a thesis statement for the album as a whole, like keep moving forward, forgetting and not slowing down. Like it kind of encompasses. There's a wide range of emotions in every song on this album, but that sentiment kind of says it all: forget and not slow down. It's the name of the album, obviously. And then this kicks off the title track experience with Reliant K. Because up to now, there's never been a title track, right? And I don't know if that's significant, if that was planned or discussed. 
I think it was Tim called up and mentioned that. Someone called up recently and mentioned like the last three albums have all had title tracks and there's never been a title track before, except technically Mm-hmm, where the pre-gap track is called Mm-hmm, but that wasn't even like confirmed until the 10th anniversary version. Mm-hmm. So, Mm-hmm. So speaking of the pre-gap track, we did our cover of it. But just to mention that again, we I know we mentioned it both in the Sahara episode and in the original Forget Not Slow Down episode. But the pre-gap track on the CD, if you have the right kind of CD player, you put it in. And we talked about pre-gap tracks on this podcast so much. And I know that like in those first few episodes, we didn't even know it was called pre-gap at the time. We thought it was just called zero track. We're like, what is this? What is this thing? Where if you have the right kind of CD player, you put it in your CD player and you immediately push the rewind button and you find the negative seconds before the first track. And it's like a hidden track that only certain types of only certain types of CD players that have that capability to rewind before the first track will allow you to hear it. So the pre-gap track to this album is Matt Thiessen's father singing the bassy version of lyrics from Sahara. And then some versions of the album have the Concourse B audio and some do not. But I have to think that that's significant as well. To like, here's the title track. The opening song to the album is also the title track. It says everything you're gonna feel and learn in this album. You're looking at my hair. Do I need to comb my hair? Yeah, (laughs) I I was... Well... So the thing about Danny is that he never brushes his hair. And so I'm the one who cuts it. So usually, and I didn't do it this time, I cut it in a way so that it is pre-styled for him. And I did not do that this time. So I'm just just eyeing up his hair like, oh, I need to, I need to do all the work on the the top. I didn't take the hairbrush song by the VeggieTales seriously enough. So it feels significant to, to like the most important songs, the most like like forward like here's the beginning of the album it's a piece of sahara which you just talked about before and then forget not slow down like those are the opening moments of the album like to take this piece of sahara and then go right into the title track like there there seems to be something important there to say that this maybe these are very important lines from sahara and it sets up the emotion that you're gonna feel like an overture and then here's the title track that's going to encompass everything else, a range of everything that I'm going to be singing about for the rest of the album. I mean, me and the talking about Tyson and the. Or Tyson's like, hey, my dad sung this bit, and I think it's kind of funny. Let's just put it at the beginning. It could have been that simple. It could have been that simple. I don't know. <laughs> um, I think that it's funny that the first song of this album, as well as Collapsible Lung, kind of lull you into a false sense of security. You're like, yeah, we're going to get the usual rock slash pop punk Reliant K we're used to. And like, this is such a peppy kickoff for such a deep and emotional roller coaster of an album. It is. Yeah. One other thing I was realizing on this listen is that the the mixing on at least this song, and now I have to go and really pay attention to the rest of the album. Well, this definitely wouldn't be the case for Sahara. Forget Not Slow Down, like the, the title track, the mixing, it's like every instrument has equal play, has equal chance. Like they're all on like a socialist level mixing wise. Like they're editing uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> 
everybody gets equal camera time. Oh, the movie, the movie, right, right, yeah. right. I said, like, sorry. No, you said editing, but in my mind, I was, I thought you said mixing, like the song Bohemian Rhapsody. No, yeah, the editing of the movie Bohemian Rhapsody, like it's a horribly edited movie, but the fact that they won it's the a very technically proficiently edited. Movie. Well, that's the thing is, it's like it's artistically horribly edited, and there's a number of YouTube videos that'll show why it's some of the worst editing ever. But if you actually know what those editors had to go through you realize technically speaking they deserve an oscar because like everyone had to have like equal airtime so they're having to do like a mathematical equations for the editing while they're working on horrible coverage like between one problematic director and another director that came on to pick things up it's like they barely had coverage for different scenes and they managed to put something together that also followed this mathematical equation that that swaged everyone's egos of the surviving members of queen anyway (laughs) i don't remember the thing i was saying oh so the mixing of this song and maybe some of the rest of the album is like there's no single melodic instrument that really feels like it has the full lead on this track between the piano the guitars and the bass like everything is very evenly mixed but not like back like everything is just kind of mat is is kind of matched like a lot of other Reliant K songs like the guitar is forward and in a lot of like punk songs like the bass is forward and uh you know for having being a piano driven band like after mm-hmm, some other Reliant K songs the piano is kind of driven forward but everything is very much mixed on an even level here there is that dropout right as the lyrics start where it cuts down to just an acoustic guitar. But other than that, when all the instruments are kicked in, the only nothing's really leading the melody. It's all just this like perfect symphony harmony between all the guitars and the piano. And then the main thing we learned when we talked to Ethan Luck on this show was how I always had this melodic sense of the drums. And I guess the drums feel forward because they have this very specific sound on this album that they don't have on any other album. They have a very warm, room-like sound, which makes sense for the album as a whole. But then Ethan Luck explained to us how he did a Phil Collins thing deliberately where he would... he would his, his Some of his drum parts would deliberately match the cadence of the lyrics so i don't know if i didn't actually pay attention if that happens in this album but just knowing that there is that like very uh, rather forget and it's so if he's hitting the remember he said that <laughs> i'm not alone in remembering yes. this right so even if that wasn't specifically happening on this song i'm sure there was like an inkling of that happening i feel like like you know it's just what a great song that it's all kind of like equal equal footing for all the mixing with the exception like i said of that drop down uh one other thing that i keep thinking is like on the live album and then in um yeah and everything else i think they've always when they um i don't know if it counts as the bridge but when things kind of drop down and towards the end of the song this part So live, Tisa never starts singing this build-up section right away. They do a whole, a whole build-up section and then stop, and then Tisa cuts into these lyrics. 
Remember that? On the mm-hmm. live album, they do this every time. So they do it on the live album, but when I went back and listened to some live performances from the time the album came out, they've always been doing that live. So I really want to know if this, like, like they do the the stop, and then they do the slow build-up, and on the album, Tyson immediately starts singing. Every time they've ever done it live, they do one whole repetition of the build-up, stop, and then do the build-up again with the lyrics. What came first? Because it seems like they've never done it the album way. As far mm-hmm. as I can find from any live version I've checked out on YouTube and the live album itself, and both times we went to Um Yeah. And then every other time we saw Um Yeah footage on YouTube when it, or, or on Instagram when it was happening. When I hear the studio version, I don't want Tyson's lyrics to kick in immediately mm-hmm. on that build, on that rebuild so up. I, I, I actually now it kind of has ruined the studio version for me a little bit. And in that way, I kind of prefer the live album version. But whatever. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, so this song has become a mantra for me personally. And I'm sure it's become a mantra for a lot of you out there. Recently, there have been things in life that have affected me uh, that I couldn't control. And I have control issues. I feel very helpless in situations when they arise uh, that I have no control over. And I have difficulty processing those situations. It's something I've been working on with a therapist. So when things arise and are out of my control, I just keep telling myself that I'd rather forget and not slow down. I can't change this, but I can change how I let it affect me. I can let it happen pour over me and then wash my hands of it. And when I labor over these things, because I will fixate on situations that I cannot control, and I just keep telling myself, it's time to befriend the ghosts of all the things that haunt me most, so they leave me alone. So I know that this song is about regret, and I take this song about regret, and I apply it to a different circumstance, Mm -hmm. and it still rings true. And it helps me move on, even if just temporarily. That totally makes sense. I was actually getting a little sad today listen to, <laughs> listening to this song again before the podcast and thinking about my grandmother uh because yeah i mean even though this is a song even though this is an album about regret of a specific situation that's not relevant to the way it was written like it's 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 kind of meant to be felt in a number of ways and this makes me think of two things for the overarching theme of relying k appreciation the first is when I think about, we did that Patreon episode where we purposely went and looked for negative reviews from the time. Fan reviews, not right. negative. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure we could find a negative review by an actual blog or music reviewer. But oh, man, I did not I did not bookmark it because I felt like we had probably already done it. But Punk News oh. gave us like two and a half stars. <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> we know it wasn't Greg. We know it wasn't Greg Simpson because... We talked to him about him a bit about that on our They Might Be Giants episode. Like he never wrote a Reliant K review, so it's fine for us to <laughs> badmouth that punk news reviewer. Yeah, so we uh, on a Patreon episode, we went on iTunes before someday Apple decides to scrub all of iTunes and force you to only use Apple Music. We went and we read every one and two star review from like the year that Forget Not Slow Down first came out. And what a lot of people were saying when they had that review is like, why is every song got to be about a girl? And it's so freaking offensive because it's like, he's not talking about chicks, like some sort of party punk band. 
You know, he's not talking about babes. He's not talking about trying to hook up. He's talking about one of the loves of his life and these, like, regrets that he's had. And when you're, like, talking about, I don't know, Hawk Nelson or MXPX and they sing about a girl or something, or you're listening to the radio to some secular punk band and they're singing about sex or babes and you're like offended like that's one thing but when you're singing when you're listening to somebody bearing their soul about regret of a personal relationship like that's like that's so wrong-headed like could you imagine if like you go to church and you ask for prayer because you've had your heart broken and then the person looks at you and just you want your prayer to be about chicks Like these people, I hope these people grew up from that, from those reviews, because it's really offensive when you think of like the real meaning behind this album. I don't know. I used to pray for a boyfriend. I asked Santa for a boyfriend one year. (laughs) Again, I believed in Santa for far longer than I should have. Oops, uh, Santa spoiler warning. Uh Mark that off on Does the Dog Die? (laughs) Yeah, does Santa spoil? And but then the other thing that that reminds me of is like, and this this became a negative review for our podcast on Apple Podcasts, the fact that I'm, like, constantly looking at songs and trying to see, like, the non-religious meaning behind them. And I'm sorry, but, like, like with Be My Escape, like, I think it is deliberately written to be about anything. And even if it is written from the point of view of, of Tyson's relationship with Christ, Be My Escape, I think he deliberately went through that song and wrote it in such a way that it was vague enough that you can, when you sing Be My Escape in your head, it can be about anything you want. I'm sure there, there could have been a first draft of Be My Escape where there's specific language to him uh, talking about Christ, but I don't think that that language exists in the song as we know it. So it's a similar thing here where like Forget Not Slow Down is written about his relationship with his fiance. You could listen to these songs, and only a couple of the songs on the album overall definitely have specific language of this is about a woman I love, like Candlelight or something, and maybe some other songs. But even though the intention is clear, if you went through with a fine-tooth comb on a lot of these songs, you could make it about you lost your grandmother, or you lost an opportunity for a job, or you lost some other loved one, or you feel like you've fallen away from God. Like, you can make it about... Or we have, someone wrote to us one time and said, Forget and Not Slow Down became a very important album to them when they lost a really... Not lost in the death sense, but lost, like, the relationship with a friend. Like, a friend that they'd had forever, and they lost that relationship. They drifted apart as friends, or they broke off their friendship. And this became the anthem to them for that. Tyson is not writing this song about the loss of a friend in that sense. Like, yeah, it's his fiance, so it's a friend in one sense. But he's not writing about a, a platonic friend. But you can make listening to the song about a platonic friend, just like you can. So I guess in that way, I'm just saying, like, with all the other times I harp on, like, this song can be about God or a girl, even if everyone thinks it's about God. This is the opposite of that. This is an album that is definitely about a relationship with another human being with a girl. And you can make this these songs about your relationship with Christ, your relationship with God. So it's a two-way street, despite the fact that some people are upset with me that I'm always harping on this same theme overall with Reliant K music. 
Yeah, so like you said, this like we said, this song is clearly about like moving on and moving past regret, and that is a common Reliant K theme. Mm-hmm. But of all the, the 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 different songs about like regrets and moving on from them, this is the one that like when I'm trying to move past my own regrets in my own life that I'll put on repeat, like and just say to myself over and over again, "I'd rather forget and not slow down." Like it's it's just so good. And the number of one-liners you can take away from this song, I mean... <laughs> a lot of tattooable lines. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> like, you know, just forget and don't slow down instead of gathering regret for the things you can't change now. Like, it's so it's so true. Um, I know someone else once said, moss grows on a rolling stone. Wait, moss does not grow on a rolling stone. Whatever. <laughs> You you almost have to wish that this was also the last track because it's a perfect opener, but it would leave the narrator in a much better place mentally if you ended here because the album actually ends on a bitter note with nothing resolved. And sometimes that's unfortunately what happens in a fractured relationship. You don't get closure. But this song still has that positive, hopeful note that we always attribute to Reliant K songs. Mm-hmm. So let's like read through the lyrics just a little, which I don't know if we did last time. How many times can I push it aside? Is it time I befriend all the ghosts of all the things that haunt me most? So they leave me alone, move on with my life. Be certain the steps of left and right don't fight the direction of upright. That's definitely a lyric I've just taken for granted. I've I've never like fully comprehended what he said there i just like oh that sounds good yeah i don't need to dive into that lyric so let me take a second there be certain the steps of left and right don't fight the direction of upright totally got it let the 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 steps of left and right meaning stepping forward moving forward forward motion that as he's walking forward making sure that as he's moving forward it doesn't fight the fact that he's standing upright like, he wants to keep moving forward, but he also needs to actually be standing upright to be moving forward. So it's like, you know, like, you think you're ready to get on your feet. Maybe you just had your blood drawn and you're woozy. And the nurse is like, oh, don't get up yet. And you're like, no, I'm ready to put my left foot and my right foot down. And they're like, oh, no, you'll be fighting upright. That happens to me every time. Every time I have my blood drawn, I get very woozy. And I, like, I'm always ready to go. And the nurse never believes me. <laughs> They're like, cause, cause to them, if I fall, that's on them. That's a lawsuit right there or whatever. But I don't want to sue anybody. I'm just like, no, I'm just ready to go. I gotta get out of here. I gotta flop sweat. I, I gotta go home and change my, change my clothes. I'd rather forget and not slow down than gather regret for the things I can't change now. If I become what I can't accept, resurrect, resurrect the saint from, from within the wretch, pour over me. And wash my hands of it. I like that's also sort of a religious sounding line. Pour over me and wash my hands of it. Uh, especially with the resurrect the saint from within the wretch. Like it has sort of baptismal inklings. Even though it might not absolutely read as that. Depending on how you take it. But you, I can see that in that, in that line. It's time to decide which is out of my mind. I always thought it was she's out of my mind. Is genius which? It's which? Okay, I maybe I've just maybe it's just one of those lyrics I've always just kind of like not 
properly sussed out listening to it and just assumed I was like it's time to decide she's out of my mind like I thought she's out of my mind I thought I always thought he was saying maybe like, I thought it was when she's out of my mind okay well maybe, genius I says what I usually say Gen- I mean, we, we could go get the book but genius says which is out of my mind and I always thought it's she's out of my mind which I thought was a playful phrasing of like you're feeling out of your mind, but she's out of my mind, which you know at this point has to be like delusion because she's not out of his mind. She's living rent free up there. Out of sight, out of her mind. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> it's an 80s movie, very under the radar. I think it's the VHS only called She. Uh, it's Out of Sight, Out of Mind, but it's also called Out of Sight, Out of Her Mind. Like, literally, like, everywhere you look at the movie on IMDb, or on the screen itself, or on the VHS tape itself, or on the case, it's always, it may or may not say she's out of her mind. Out of sight, out of mind. Or is it out of sight, out of her mind? I don't know. And it's about a woman whose kid gets kidnapped or killed, I don't remember, and then... I thought it was called 13th Floor. No, we watched it in a triple feature of 13th Floor movies. And maybe there was a word because it has an alternate title. It might have had an alternate title. Yeah. One time we watched three different, very you know, three different movies that all were around the idea of a thirteenth floor. We watched the thirteenth floor from the nineties. We watched a different thirteenth floor, that Australian movie, which made no sense. There was like an electric demon in the building, but it was really not understood or explained properly. And the girls dad was like a gangster and they went hiding in some remember that Mm -hmm. the girl's dad was like a gangster so they hide out in an old office building but i'm like but they're hanging out partying yeah and then later you find out it was also maybe kind of haunted and it was like by an an electricity demon an electricity demon does help them or doesn't help (laughs) them and kill some people but doesn't kill other people none of it is explained properly yeah and then we watched out of her out of her mind out of sight which was filmed right here and we recognized all the buildings yeah now I've lost interest in reading the rest of the lyrics. Because oh, no. <laughs> I could spend my life just trying to sift through what I could have done better, but what good but what good do what-ifs do? Uh-oh. So this line is really fun because it's such a tongue twister, mm-hmm. but it feels so natural. It's one of those things like good special effects, you don't notice them when they happen, but it's right. like, it's such so windy and it feels like anyone can learn this tongue twister. It's like a fun roller coaster lyric that's actually very deep and meaningful. It's like you want to go through and, and think about all the things you messed up on and all the mis- decisions you should have made. But what good do what good does that do you to sit around and think about how you should have done stuff? But to do it in such a to, to put that very deep sentiment in such a fun roller coaster lyric is interesting. Uh, the chorus again and then the bridge because I could spend my oh it's the same thing I could spend my life trying to sift through what I could have done better. But what good do what ifs do? Oh oh oh! There's something I should tell you. There's something I should tell you now. Which maybe, you know, kind of ties things together because he's constantly trying to tell this lady stuff. Like, especially in If You Believe Me Now. What? Stop mansplaining, Jason. So then, well, we'll let April get the barks out. And we're going to go to break. We'll be right back. We just want to take a moment to thank you for listening to Sadie Hawkins Pod. 
Whether you've been listening for a while or this is your first time, we want to hear your thoughts on this episode, your corrections, and your Reliant K memories at our voicemail line, which is 402-95-SADIE. And if talking on the phone isn't your thing, because I know it's not mine, and whose is it really, you can send us an email to sadiehawkinspod at gmail.com, or visit our socials at Instagram and Twitter, which are both at sadiehawkinspod. While there, you can also see the visuals we discuss on the podcast each week. You can also visit sadiehawkinspod.com for easy access to all these links, as well as to our merch store for shirts, mugs, stickers, and more. We also want to thank our patrons at patreon.com slash sadiehawkinspod, who include Charity, Isaac, James, Kindle, Joshua, Timothy, Daniel, Jay, Eric, Joel, Connor, Michael, Samantha, Jimmy Eat Pod, this might be a podcast, Tucker, and Brady. Join our Patreon now for two monthly bonus episodes, our entire backlog of bonus episodes, which include reviews of the case for karaoke songs and chapters of the complex infrastructure known as the Female Mind Book. You'll also get stickers, guitar picks, and a special Patreon exclusive shirt when you've donated a lifetime contribution of $60. Ooh, that sounds like fun. Where can I sign up again? At patreon.com slash sadiehawkinspod. If you want to be a patron of the arts, the fine arts, the podcast arts, <laughs> there's one place to go. SadieHawkinsPod.com slash. Oh, wait. No, no, that's not it. I'm sorry. I'm Shut sorry. I panicked. Very early on in the podcast, um, I apparently just kept my deep dive tabs open on my phone and didn't write them down in my notes. Uh, uh, so I'm not sure what we've gone over and what we've That's okay. Happened. Forget it. Don't slow down. <laughs> um, there is the, the, the Wikipedia is there. And so while it doesn't necessarily answer your uh, your question from before, it sort of maybe addresses a little bit of, of that. So in early 2009, Reliant K's vocalist Matt Thiessen, secluded from the rest of the world in Winchester, Tennessee, began to write music for three months on an album to be released later in 2009. About being isolated, Thiessen stated, it was awesome. You could think about something and keep thinking about it, and no one would interrupt you for six or seven hours. You could keep your brain on the train of thought. I'll never want to write a rec- another record another way. Well. <laughs> that wasn't true. <laughs> no, instead he surrounded himself by everybody for the next record. <laughs> Tyson stated that they were keen on finishing the album for 2000 for a 2009 release and had begun recording the new album with their favorite producer Mark Lee Townsend and mixer uh, Andy Wallace. Guitarist Matt Hoop stated about Mark Lee Townsend that we've got an almost telepathic relationship. On March 23rd, 2009, the band started recording at Dark Horse Recording Studio in Franklin, Tennessee, which Hoop states is his favorite studio. The band had used the likes of synthesizers and MIDI before, but Thiessen stated that every instrument on this album, quote, it's organic. I know a lot of bands do that now, but for us, it was really the first time we made it a real thing, end quote. Uh, On April 30th, Thiessen posted that they were tracking drums for the last three songs. The new album is almost done. May 5th, 2009, the band announced via the Air One website that The Almost and Reliant K were in the same studio and stated that band members were swapping gear to record both bands' albums. With the bands in the studio together, Aaron Gillespie would record for the album, which was confirmed through the release of track listing and guest vocalists. That gives me a great idea for a TV show, Band Swap. (laughs) Remember Wife Swap? (laughs) 
<laughs> I remember I went to church once, and the, the pastor was really upset about the existence of the show Wife Swap. But it's like, you know it's like a joke, right? You know, it's like, I mean, I guess, I guess the show Wife Swap was built off of the idea of like, ooh, we're enticing you with the idea that this is a sexual wife swap, but it's not. It's just a joke where families are going to trade moms for like the cooking and cleaning or whatever. You know, sorry, I'm not trying to be sexist, but that's how the show presented itself or whatever the mom would actually do or not do in the family. And then everyone will learn to appreciate the mom that they had. Well, let's do band swap where everyone has to swap out lead singers or swap out bassists or drummers. And then everyone gets to learn that they actually like the people they work with or... In the case of, like, Blink-182 and the Aquabats, they just steal the drummer. So there's a fandom wiki for this song specifically. Okay. Which, I don't know if we came across this last time or not, but I do find very interesting because it's definitely not something that comes up, like, ever. Um. (laughs) Yeah, someone had started a fandom wiki for Reliant K, but only got so far with it. I remember for some self-titled tracks there was more work on that fandom wiki where they actually went as far as to reference the biblical references and the song and the uh, verses and the Bible verses that connect to those. But they only did it for the first album. I'm sorry. There is a commercial playing at the top of this for uh, fandom wiki, which I'm already on. And it's playing uh, an Obi-Wan trailer. And it's like, Obi-Wan has the higher ground. (laughs) Like, what? <laughs> um, <laughs> it just keeps going on and on and on. Uh, Forget and Not Slow Down is the single from Reliant K's sixth studio album, Forget and Not Slow Down. It was released to radio stations on September 21st, 2000. It was released to radio stations on September 21st, 2009, and released for digital download on September 22nd, 2009. Meaning. Matt Hoops has stated the song means it's about learning from mistakes and not just focusing on all the things you wish you'd done differently. Everyone has those things. What's important is the knowledge that when you make a mistake, your life is not over. Yep. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) Matt Teason has gone on to state it's hard to forget and move on emotionally, but sometimes it's better for you. You have to keep the bigger picture in mind. If you're feeling sorry for yourself or reflecting on things that aren't good, you're not being productive. So to move forward is to concentrate on what can I do better? That's the whole idea of the record. So chart positions, Billboard Hot Christian Songs, number 37, ChristianRock.net. That's the big one. That's the one you you really want to chart on, Dan. (laughs) Uh, Weekly Top 30, Top 5, ChristianRock.net, Top 100 of 2009, number 29. Ooh, but do they really belong there with a song about chicks? <laughs> I love uh, appearances. The song was one fans hoped would be a mainstream single, and while that is still possible, it is <laughs> Oh, right. Yes. Only yes. on Christian rock stations. It has been used to transition or return from commercials at certain sporting events. <laughs> yes. I read that. I read that. I remember that because I'm like, wow, this has not been updated. Could you imagine if Forget and Not Slow Down... <laughs> The title track suddenly became a big radio hit in 2022. Hey, you don't know. They could use
was in a commercial or a movie or something. Or a TikTok. Or a a TikTok, and it could become a big thing. Also, no TikToks popped up this week. So I'm like, there's got to be TikToks, but I was not going to go download the app just to look for it. I meant to ask you to do it before the show. I'll do it. Uh, You can get the CD used at (laughs) FYE.com. We bought our copy at Zia Records in Las Vegas. And then again, I don't know... 100% if we've gone over this or not, but we have an article from the Daily Nebraskan. Okay. Which I believe is 402-956, where our Google Voice is set up. Reliant K's Forget and Not Slow Down, an Evolved Album by Tom Helberg, October 5th, 2009. You keep talking while I get more wine. Okay. The band now strikes a balance, making more serious music on its LPs and playing with new sounds and goofing around on EPs. Forget and Not Slow Down, the band's sixth studio album, is the band's most musically mature work Yeah, the EPs, date. that's where we really cut loose, guys. The band, band's lead singer and songwriter Matt Thiessen credits the Counting Crows and Foo Fighters as influences, and though Forget feels like 90s rock, it's easily the most timeless-sounding album in the band's catalog. I agree with that. After slide guitars on Five Score and Seven Years Ago and several country-tinged tracks on the Bird and the B-Sides, it seems plausible that Reliant K would venture further down the alternative country path with this album. But instead of another blatant stylistic progression, a folksy flair subtly infuses the music, nearly shutting out punk entirely. The piano rock is more finely integrated than on past albums, and while the piano is more prominent than before, songs no longer feel exclusively like guitar tracks or piano tracks. Uh, that is kind of what I did say. Yeah, the piano and the guitars are all very evenly mixed on this album. The sounds meld together more seamlessly. Tisa was obviously in love while writing Five Score and Forget Chronicles the Crumbling Relationship. While slightly cliched love songs hinder the band's last album, the breakup tunes here are pretty good, never feeling like retreads. The first of the breakup songs, I Don't Need a Soul, favors hope over bitterness, with piano and strings dotting lightly chugging guitars. Rocker Part of It is a more helpless rendition of the breakup theme, boasting a gorgeously glum outro. The band returns to its willingness to play with song structure, adding several separate track intros and outros into this album. I don't know that I could ever be a music writer because you just have to know so many adjectives and just throw them all together. (laughs) Candlelight is a clear highlight, making bouncy keyboards and guitars to jangle pop perfection. Reliant K's signature witty left turn lyrics make up the chorus. Can't hold a candle to her because all the moths get in the way, for she outshines anyone who ever might dare to bask in the same candlelight. Flair serves as a toy piano peppered outro, but the minute-long waltz doesn't warrant its own track. Mm-hmm, the band's fourth album had songs with similar outros that stayed within the same track. Well, it's a good thought most of the outros on this album could have taken that route. The exception to the rule is Savannah is the Savannah Suite, the biggest statement to Reliant K's musical growth. With its quickly plucked bass and acoustic guitars, maracas add a mildly foreign feel. This is different than anything the band has put out so far. An intro and outro bookend the song, and while each track is connected, they all sound like independent works. It all adds up to a dramatic six-minute miniature epic. Closing tracks, This Is The End, and If You Want It, are essentially the same song. 
the first being the most quote unquote punk sounding on the album. And the second uh. is a familiar is familiar is a familiarly glum Tyson piano ballad. Glum Tyson, that's a character we don't talk about. A loose Narnia-esque allegory connects the latter tune with that's the album's hardest rocker Sahara, which itself darkly likens desertion to dehydrating in the desert. I'm drinking wine from a pint class like a hero. <laughs> Tyson chronicles his months of isolation and prayer writing the album in piano rocker therapy and striving to redefine himself on mid-tempo over it. The album's theme of moving past mistakes and striving for self-improvement culminate on the title track, which sounds like a classic Reliant K single, with sh- while showcasing the band's new musical sophistication. Depending on where a listener might be, in a breakup for getting not so down could be either disheartening or therapeutic. The album will duly appeal to new and old listeners as Reliant K further refines its sound, mixing perfect pop and timeless rock and roll. Curious corn huskers by the daily Nebraskan is the next, uh, <laughs> trending story. Let's hear all about it. <laughs> so what do you have for us, Danny? What do I have? Well, I have TikToks. They're, oh, good. Now, I can't trust that these are all the TikToks, because like we <laughs> saw last week, you saw like 20 TikToks right. on the public page for th- for this particular sound, for date for uh, Daydream as a sound on TikTok. Now, it says I got three TikToks I can see. If there's more out there, I don't know why I can't see them. Guys, let's go make this the new TikTok trend. So here's the first one. This is Captain Fantastic 94. And it's just Captain oh, it Fantastic. Like a cover. It's a vocal cover. Nice. Can I pause? I can't pause. Oh, I can pause. Cool. So, Captain Fantastic 94 is wearing a wool lined denim jacket with a Star Wars t-shirt with a vintage style Star Wars t-shirt underneath and then Captain Fantastic when he's like when they're like left and right and upright and doing hand motions of left and right nice. and upright and just given all the bravado the bravado zoom ins and getting all up in the face of the camera good stuff <laughs> At the end, when do 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 do, I love it. Uh, I gotta preview the TikTok before I start describing it. So this is like a compilation of a family and like a bunch of different videos, I guess, of different things that they've done. This is uploaded by Mercedes underscore Anastasia, and the text on screen says, "When Vecna comes for me." This is what to put on my headphones. All right, I think this is just a very specific reference to this person's family. And then there's pictures of babies playing. There's a picture of a trip to an aquarium. There's some clips, not pictures. There's They're getting pizza. They're at some sort of fake presidential podium. There's a baby, like, playing with a toy. There's another older baby who's walking around and falling down. They're feeding a goat. This is just like a family of people together doing finger paints, but they're all like adults. Some people doing karaoke. 
a mom or someone holding a kid and a kid <laughs> a kid like rubbing a pit bull. Did you see that? It's adorable. I think I can yes, I can rewind on the app. I, I did manage out. to see it. And and then they're doing like a really, really, really long hopscotch in the middle of like a paint store of a arts and crafts store. Like they're in a Michaels, like an arts and crafts store. And then there's yeah, this is a this is a hopscotch board inside the store that's gotta be like two dozen squares long. Interesting. Alright, well it's just like a family personal one. I don't think that's really meant for a podcast to discuss. Okay, TikTok, this As opposed to the YouTube stuff we find that we discuss every week. <laughs> well, there are a lot of those that I end up skipping. Like I did find a lot of um I did find a lot of like this week on YouTube uh, graduation videos. This week the trend was graduation videos. Yeah, I found a lot of graduation videos. Things I definitely didn't find last time, even though they existed. But my YouTube deep dive skills were probably not very good at the time. So Mike, with a Y instead of an I, Mike Clements is the last TikTok we got here. And Mike says on text... Oh, Oh, they're just talking. I guess I could just let Mike speak for himself. I just have to wait for the video to start over. Because, <laughs> oh, here we go. Okay, TikTok, stitch this and tell me your favorite band, their best album, and your favorite album. They can't be the same because we all know if they're your favorite bands, they aren't. I'll go first. For Lion K, their best album is there for free. My favorite is Forget It Not Slow Down. Your turn. So I don't know how many people took up Mike Clement's challenge. What was he saying? Like, you gotta pick a song not from the be- favorite album? You gotta... Yeah, no, you have to pick your favorite album and what their best album is, but they couldn't be the same thing. Oh, but they can be the same thing. Well, you didn't make the TikTok challenge. You go make your own TikTok challenge. Like, some bands have... Yeah, some bands have like quintessential albums to the zeitgeist overall that multiples like MXPX. Like, I think you could, you know, life in general. Sure, everyone would say life in general is their quintessential album. But then I think a lot of people would say that it's actually their quintessential album is actually slowly going the way of the Buffalo. It's their first full mainstream uh, major label album because life in general started with Tooth and Nail and then got redistributed by major label after they got signed. I don't know. And then, like, Reliant K, like, mm-hmm, is technically their quintessential best album. But, yeah, I guess also Forget Not Slow Down is, like, artistically their best album. Like, that's too debatable. And then, like, what if Forget Not Slow Down is your favorite album, and then you have to say it is... Like, okay. The Clash. <laughs> the Clash, like, their quintessential album is London Calling. Even though the self-titled and Combat Rock are also, like, super important albums. And then, you know, it's easy to set aside Sandinista and uh, give them enough rope because even though there's great songs on those, the albums themselves are a mess. So Combat Rock, London Calling, self-titled. Like, it's London Calling. That's their best album. That's, like, their artistic height. Like, they never did anything that really achieved that same level artistically. But that can easily be your favorite album of theirs. <laughs> like, what are you supposed to do? Uh, I, I don't know. Now, you know who has a number of quintessential albums? Who? That could easily be your favorite? Megadeth. 
<laughs> they got Rust in Peace. <laughs> they got uh, Countdown to Extinction. Countdown to Extinction and Euthanasia. And those are all like perfect albums. So, Dan, what do you have for us on YouTube this week? Let's see. Well, the first thing I got. No, wait. I start with Reliant K. It's been so long <laughs> since we did this. I start with the Reliant K footage. So, okay, the live album. We've heard it. We, we we did it last time. I also like when I went through. I didn't look at my notes from the seventh episode of this show, except to see if I did find Sam Henson's cover back then. Because when we talked about Daydream, I was like, "Oh, Sam had a cover of Forget and Not Slow Down." I don't remember talking about this. Well, I found it originally. It was there in my notes from two years ago, but I wrote. I, my note on the <laughs> on the seventh episode, and we didn't discuss the, the cover, was everyone in the club's too loud. <laughs> like, everyone was talking over her song. People at the bar weren't paying full attention oh, to her. Oh, man. And then she wasn't, like, a friend of the show yet, so I didn't put special note. But we will get to that cover in just a, in just a little bit. So I didn't go back and double-check any of my previous notes. But I know we played the live album last time. It's a great performance. It sounds very close to the album, with the exception of they double up that build-up section without the lyrics one time, which I think is the preferred way to hear the song. So let's hear it more recently. This is the this is a very recent performance. This is from Um yeah, New York. And this is uploaded by Yara Shalom. John Schneck just bringing all the energy. Yep. Super excited to be there. I never, I didn't notice, and you know, I, oh, we have a new like splittering thing called Splitter AI, but I'm just starting to get the hang of it, so I wasn't ready to create our own splittered tracks for this episode. But uh, there's this, I can see it happening here that maybe I couldn't necessarily hear or pay attention to on the album version if it exists this way. But here's John Schneck taking like a lead guitar melody where he matches the vocal melody but my hand and wash my hands of this as Tyson singing that Schneck is also playing that exact same melody on the guitar here's John Schneck taking lead guitar he's the bomb <laughs> they should cover that and then they should do that no wait we don't really want them to reference that show anymore <laughs> That was Charles in charge. Oh right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, they should do a different theme song, a different. 80s I don't know why song. I was I got so lost there. It's late. So let's go from <laughs> one of the. Speaking of, it's late. Let's go from one of the that that was one of the most recent performances 
to this is the first performance of the song ever. Uh, not just is it the oh, wow. oldest one on YouTube, but it is also, it says it's the premiere of the song oh, from cool. 12 years ago, from June 2009. And I think the album came out in like October or November. So several months before the album. This is Reliant K playing Forget and Not Slow Down for the first time in Raleigh, North Carolina at the Lincoln Theater. It's called Forget and Not Slow Down. I hope I can. Obviously, this is a 2009 camera phone, or maybe it's a 2009 actual camera because people might have had a separate camera in their pocket back then if the Lincoln Theater wasn't taking cameras away. So, um,. It doesn't sound perfect, but it will sound a little better than the f- the flutter the fluttering happening as this person is setting up their camera. And this is being performed as microphone Tyson, that occasional character we see where he's holding the microphone and everyone else is playing guitar. <laughs> but I think he played guitar in no, he was playing piano. He was playing piano and mm-hmm. um yeah, yeah for this song. Uh, I definitely now I said this earlier in the show, but I realized I didn't double check. Let's see how they do that sort of bridge. I don't know if it counts as a bridge, but that sort of bridge build-up section that leads into the last sections of the song. Let's see if they do it twice, once without the vocals. They've just always done it that way live. And it gets the crowd into it. They start clapping. It's the way better way to do that section of the song. And it now kind of, it kind of feels, it feels, I don't know how, what, what, what emotion is it? (laughs) But it doesn't feel right on the studio album that that's not how it is. It is so cool and dramatic. And I want to hear that. But luckily that we have the live album version. So we have a very good live performance where they do it that way. But yeah, they've always done it that way. And I'm watching the footage here. And actually, Tyson puts on his guitar at this moment in the song. Like, as the rest of the band is building that up, he gets off the piano, he slings on the guitar, 
He's doing whatever you do to make sure your guitar is actually ready to play. And then he starts helping with that buildup. And then when it cuts off the, and then goes back to the beginning of the buildup, now he's back on the mic with the guitar. So maybe that also helps for that transition, like logistically, physically, getting his guitar ready to go. Let's just hear this uh, kick back into the last part of the song and then we'll move on. Even that like burst of energy back into the end of the song is better when you have the two buildups. It just feels even better. Whatever. It is what it is. <laughs> you know what? What good do what ifs do? <laughs> We're going to forget and not slow down and move on. <laughs> it's funny that like, yeah, in 2009, and I'm sure today, the, the Ryan K's a kind of band it's like here's a new song and everyone would get really excited mm-hmm. like I, I, don't, I don't think there's a lot of other bands it's like yeah a lot of other bands they'd say here's a new song and people would be like cool some fans, some fans would be like cool right? but they wouldn't really be excited but this crowd's <laughs> excited to hear a new song Yeah. comparatively when you see that 2003 or is it 2004? That 2004 Cornerstone, not the one where Catherine jumps into the pit, but the next year, uh, Jessica looks confused. Remember Catherine Hudson? I'm oh, always coy oh, right, about right, 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 right. Sorry, sorry. I was coy. like, who's Catherine? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being, I just like to be coy about it. Um, 2004 Cornerstone, Brian Pittman's last Cornerstone with Reliant K, and they play Who I Am. Law, like before the album's even like announced or or anything, maybe the album's announced. No crowd reaction. Crowd couldn't have given less of a crap that they're playing "Who I Am" hates who I've been for one of the first times with Brian Pittman, which would become an incredible rarity. Then there's you know th- this is a song that's basically always like I have a I have a selection of like a 2009 perform another 2009 performance a 2014 performance after Ethan and the Johns are gone a 2016 performance when Dave's back in the band and the rest of the band that helps fill out for like air for free times but honestly like it's a song that like's been performed the same way every time uh, it's interesting to at least hear between the um yeah performance and that Raleigh 2009 before the album came out because it's the same band except for, you know, John Warren's not there the second time, but it's most of the same members. But anyway, yeah, it's a song that's been performed with a lot of different versions of Relying K since 2009. But this is a song that got played acoustically a bunch by the Mats. And I know we talked about some of these last time. They're like absolute punk backstage sessions 2011 there's a Spokane, Washington radio performance acoustic. Uh, there's a candlelight serenade acoustic festival in Utah in 2009, where it's like a full band performance of just acoustic versions of the song. I know oh, they wow. did an acoustic tour. Uh, I don't remember if that was 2009. That's cool. Let's listen to that one. Okay. I don't think we did this one last time, but for some reason, this song has been performed acoustically by the band on YouTube a number of times. So here's one of them. 
so if this is a full day festival, this is still when it's light out. I guess it was some sort of like Christian festival of just acoustic performances. I'm getting from the context of the fact that that's what the festival is called. It's Lehi, I don't know how to pronounce this, L-E-H-I Utah. Lehi, Lehi, Utah. Acoustic Candlelight Acoustic Festival. Thanksgiving. No, it's not. It's called Thanksgiving Point. Oh, the place is called Thanksgiving Point, but the performance was on August 21st, 2010. Okay. So here is the full band playing this song acoustically. I got it. I got it. I'm just going do 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 do. Hold on. I got it. We got to hear that. We got to hear that, dude. Do, oh, I was do, hoping do. he'd go for the second. Yeah. Do, 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 do. This is not Reliant K, by the way. This is Ethan Tyson and two other people. <laughs> oh my gosh. What? I don't know. I don't know if that's... Oh, wow. Let's yeah. see. And, and like, we've talked about this. There's um, the guy from Paramore who's filled in. There's, you know, a number of times Hoops was out. But this is there's not even the Johns there. So I don't know. I don't know what the situation was. But uh, this particular video, they're a little too far away to tell. Let's hear that bridge. Let's hear that build up. My favorite part of the song. Let's hear how it sounds acoustic. Okay, well, acoustic, they're not going to do the, the, the repeated build-up. They're like, nah, nah, too emotional, too raw. We got to get this song over with faster. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I know. I'm pr- I'm almost positive we talked about the Variance magazine and the Absolute Punk live yeah. acoustic versions. Yeah. And the Spokane, Washington one. We might not have done this one because I don't remember. No, we did talk about this one. But I don't remember talking about <laughs> the way it's introduced. Yo, this is Matt. Yo, this is the other Matt, and we're in a band called Reliant K, and this song is called Forget and Not Slow Down right here on punkvideosrock.com. <laughs> I don't know why that's so beautiful. I love that. Right here the on punkvideosrock.com. Like, the intro was like, you're watching metal up your metal on cable access. <laughs> it looks like a cable access show. I'm sure punkvideosrock.com is just a place where people go to ask, when's this band coming to Brazil? (laughs) (laughs) 
So let's hear a little. Uh, let's uh, let's hear how the bridge goes with just the ma- with just one guitar by Hoops, and just Tyson sitting there singing on the mic. Let's see here hear how they do the bridge here. Cause I could spend my life just trying to sit through it. I could have done better, bubble could do all this too. Punkrocksvideo.com had a lot of cameras. They got a lot of coverage. I think they got three cameras going here. They're editing back and forth. Fancy. Fancy. Good for them. I do remember talking about this two years ago because it looks like they're in the middle of a like. <laughs> it looks like they're in the middle of a school cafeteria. Based on their the outfits, wall. I believe this was done during uh, Vance Warp tour. Right. I think they did a couple of these on Vans Warp tour yeah. for a couple yeah. of different sites. Yeah. Oh oh. Because there's another one that I think is a little bit more popular where they're sitting on a couch. I know that the Max Res default, uh, you know, the screen cap from YouTube for the one where they're sitting on the couch together, that pops up in image searches all the time for Reliant K for whatever reason. So maybe it was like posted to, posted to a lot of blogs or something. That one's more popular, but this is the one where they're up against a yellow brick wall not the yellow brick road but a yellow brick wall and it looks like they're in a school cafeteria where all the tables have been removed something i should tell you i'd rather forget and not slow down that's interesting they just kind of cut the see this is how you like the band themselves know if you're going to do an acoustic version really stripped down there's some sections of the song you have to edit, which is what we come up against with a lot of people's acoustic covers all the time. They just want to do the song exactly the same as they know it on the album. It's like you got to kind of sometimes, based off the emotion you're able to project or the emotion that you might not be expecting that is projected from your performance, your natural voice, and the circumstance of the room you're in, you kind of have to edit down the song, maybe extend some parts. The one I'll never forget is that wedding video where they just flat out tried to do the album, that one song exactly like, uh, and, uh, well, never mind. (laughs) I can move on. Something happened with, I screen record when I'm playing clips and that failed. Great. Now I have to do this later. So let's move on to covers. Oh, no. First, we're going to skip ahead to fan stuff because I found this. And it is outstanding, and it ties back to one of those uh, one of the live one of the live acoustic performances. So this is Wrecked Radio on YouTube, and it's basically like. An- oh wow! Oh, that's cute. Hey, it's just Paul of Radio. <laughs> oh, this is from ten years ago. And it's basically like an emo news show wow. on YouTube. She looks. <laughs> she looks like she almost looks like you except she's got the much more emo hair from the mid 2000s i wish i could grow my hair that long <laughs> she's on a very badly keyed green screen she's trying to do that newscaster thing on youtube thing you're shaking but that but there's an anthony Kiedis quote that i'm looking at right, right now so she's trying to do Let's get the, the Bluetooth closer to the there's microphone. There's going to be a video directed, and all we know is that it will be directed by 
Um, so first she's talking about... Sean, who did the song... I guess she's going to talk about rock in general, but there is sort of a focus on sort of warp Tour emo-adjacent music of the 2000s, especially based off her look. Her hair, she's got that full emo hair. It's one color, but it's very long and lush emo-style hair. And she's in a very, very badly keyed green screen. And the decisions just keep going in terms of wrecked radio, giving you the emo news that you can use, even though she leads with Red Hot Chili Peppers news. They put all their production money into the little, like, uh, cool stop-motion thing at the beginning. (laughs) Right. I am. Do you guys know who Krishan is? NBA News Paramore fans get excited because the Transformer single was released as a music video. They're talking about the Paramore song on the Transformer soundtrack and the news that the video is coming out. Are you excited, Jessica? So excited. Kind of dilapidated room. Um, one of my favorite parts was kind of the shots where they were all lying in water. I really love that for some reason. It was simple, but it was very artistic. This is where I'm going to go to get hey. all my punky emo news from now hey. on. Hey, yeah. hey, yeah. excuse me, Rekt Radio. I don't need your uh, opinions on the news. I just want objective news about the Paramore music video from the Transformers soundtrack. I don't need you telling me that them laying in water looked cool. I just need objective news. I don't need also, your commentary. You music version You're... of Reliant K's Forget and Not Slow Down. This was featured on Behind the Scenes of Warp Tour. And it's during some of the most exciting news that I've heard uh, this week. Uh, following Reverse's new album, The Drug and Music, you can be full streamed on their website. I haven't heard it yet because when I got on it, it was a little slow and wasn't coming up. Hopefully you guys will have better luck than I do. Jessica's got her hand. Jessica full face palm. No, no, no. It's because (laughs) she sounds like a softcore actress that's, you know, (laughs) doing a horror movie. (laughs) Nothing to offend the lady. No. Who did this. I know she kept doing these videos for many years. I think the last one was three years ago. That's awesome. And they got better and better quality. But I just love that there's a very specific emo news you can use situation with a green screen. Such a very specific YouTube vibe that a lot of people tried to do uh, at the time. And she's excited about Falling in Reverse's new song, but she went to the website and it was slow, so she didn't get to hear it. Maybe on the next episode she's going to let you know. So exciting. Tell me what you think of it, if you guys have any uh, thoughts, because I will most... And then I just want to mention, but like, this is before you had to say there's a paid promotion here, because (laughs) someone like sent her their demo and so she premiered the demo on her show she's like i really oh, wow. loved this demo that i heard and then the image is just this guy's head and neck like he's taking a selfie video against a slushy ad like some sort of juice ad i don't understand aesthetically this is beautiful i'm definitely <laughs> posting it to the social media he's just going to talk about like thanks for sharing my single i absolutely loved the very um they're kind of uh, emotive folk. It reminds me emotive um, of the young folk. bright eyes, uh, Connor Overs. She you just really sounds like Leanna Quigley. Or however you pronounce her, her first name, Direct which apologies. I'm it's Leanna Quigley. Leanna Quigley fans. I just put out an EP under the name of Caps. Oh. 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 
title, my sister said. <laughs> it's the most cursed thing. It's like he's an acoustic emo guy, unsigned acoustic emo guy from ten years ago, and he got his sing- <laughs> he got his EP premiered on Rekt Radio's YouTube channel, and he took the worst selfie video of all time up against a Frutisa Freeze ad yeah. <laughs> on the wall. Why? Such like classic lemonade margaritas. It's amazing. <laughs> Like, I just, you know, I just did a whole bunch of, you know, sure, whatever. It doesn't, it's not exactly the same thing, but I just did a whole bunch. I had to do a whole bunch of video interviews when I was looking for my new job, right? And I talked to job recruiters and they're like, make sure you have a neutral background. Don't have a lot of stuff in the background. Don't have like anything that's distracting. I was like, (laughs) I should have asked, do you think I should get a Frutisa Freeze ad and put it in the background? (laughs) right up all around my face and the song you're going to hear from it is track five and it's called tomorrow in your eyes well anyway so that was she did so wrecked radio did talk about the same acoustic performance from punk punkrocksvideo.com or whatever so let's go into sam henson's cover now that we did not play last time here it is live at old ironside sacramento where the audience is just not being respectful. And I'd like to hear how uh, this is sort of done, yeah, especially the bridge, which Google I love. Yes, I don't have YouTube premium. Here we go. Leave me It's such a shame. You can hear all these people in the background talking, talking and chatting it Let up. Let me hear the cover, baby. Okay. Dude's so good. Do, 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 do. Yeah, it's really good. Let's go. Uh, Sam's got a great voice. Yeah, let's go two minutes in. I managed to pick pretty much the same part of the song as two minutes before. It's great. It's really good. Sorry. <laughs> Jessica was kind of like, oh, this is like a lullaby. I'm going to sleep. <laughs> so uh, here is... <sighs> this kind of like a fun... It's kind of like... So this is the meeting place, which I think is a Christian fellowship of some sort. It certainly sounds like it. They're called the meeting place. And they kind of end up sounding a little like post-indie, but like by mistake. And then clearly it's just like kind of a a lack of like uh, their instruments. But, you know, you could almost kind of polish this up in some ways and put it on some sort of like a... 
post-indie rock label. So here is the Meeting Places cover of Forget Not Slow Down, their full band worship set. I mean, this just sounds like jangly, like it's not exactly there, but it could, you, you fix a couple corners of this and this could almost be jangly pop punk. This could be twinkle, this is jangle daddy or twinkle daddy emo or something. <laughs> sure. The steps are left and right, don't fight the direction of the right. I'd rather forget and not slow down. Gather regret for the things I can't change. Have I become what I can't accept? Resurrect the same from within the wretch. Or over me and wash my hands of it. Do 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 do. It's a guitar tone. Yeah. That's why it has that, yeah. It's, this is a guitar tone that you hear in a lot of like credible, artsy, post pop punk. That's not like nothing that's big nowadays, but it, it comes up. And, like nothing that's like honestly, this <laughs> it sounds like a lot of stuff, but it's just like it's just certain like I said edges of it that need to be changed. And great you know, cover though, yeah, great cover. I just love the idea that you would take like a worship band that kind of accidentally sounds kind of jangly and be like, hey guys, we're gonna polish you up and we're gonna make you a post pop punk band. <laughs> There's a bunch of covers that I remember from last time that I really liked, like uh, The Wild Cards is another church cover that was actually like a really just good church cover where a bunch of people come running up to the front and start dancing, like full-on dancing in the front, like joyously, like not in a worship way, but just like legs and arms and just kicking up and dancing in this like church get-together. And when I posted that two years ago, an early interaction from John Schneck. <laughs> he replied to that and he said, this is beautiful. But yeah, you can go check out the wild cards because I do remember we played it last time and I'll probably share it again this time. But one I will play from last time again is this amazing electronic cover by Trey, T-R-E-Y, that I think is like officially published and licensed. I think it's on streaming and everything, but this is a sound, there's a band camp. Nope, SoundCloud. This is a SoundCloud upload, upload by Trey. Forget and not slow down 
I remember this one. Yeah, it's so great. Good. It's so good. <laughs> I could play all three and a half minutes. Right. <laughs> so something that we haven't had a chance. Just vibing. Yeah. Something we haven't actually had a chance to play on the show. Uh, although I do remember talking about it the week it came out and pr- helping to promote it when it was released was an official tribute album. N- not official, official tribute album, but a properly licensed tribute album on Bandcamp called K, The Only Reliable Letter, a tribute to Reliant K. Uh, I think one other time we've played a song, just looking, because we did a bunch of these songs before this tri- before this tribute came out. Uh, maybe it was Look On Up that we played. I can't remember. But this has nine tribute songs to Reliant K. And I know with Bandcamp, you have to like officially license your cover songs. You can't just do a cover like YouTube and SoundCloud mm. and upload it. Like you have to you have to you can and then like hope for the best, hope you don't get a copyright strike. Like Bandcamp doesn't want you to upload stuff unless you have officially licensed it from the license holder. Uh, I've heard about this from Greg Simpson of They Might Be a Podcast. He licenses everything that he releases as a cover. So this is Acid flashback at Nightmare Beach, <laughs> and this is their cover of nice. "Forget Not Slow Down." It's the opening track to the "K is the Only Reliable Letter," a tribute to Reliant K album. This is what I was talking about with the meeting place. Like, there's this post-pop thing, and this is the kind of stuff that's deliberately done here by Nightmare Beach. I, yeah, I was gonna say with a name like Acid Metal Bloodfest, I was not <laughs> expecting this style of music. This is like that. I think this is like some of that new Gen Z music that I don't really get yet. Like that hyper pop. That's a thing. I just want to say that I think it's hilarious that we're like, oh yeah, we love the, the last woman one, and we're vi- being with that one, and this one we're like, nah. Yeah, but this is this is this is not. This is making a specific. This is something that we don't necessarily see a lot. Where this might be confrontational to listen to but this is deliberate this is they know what they're doing unlike maybe some other like covers that we find on youtube where it might not sound right and that's actually like the limits of their talent like this is a band this is like a post pop band deliberately doing it this way so let me i'm gonna skip a minute and 42 seconds in Again, this is definitely an artistic, deliberate creation. Jessica does not like it. <laughs> this kind of world of, of like 
Gen Z, post pop, <laughs> hyper pop, all that stuff. Okay, old man. <laughs> well, that's the thing is, I was gonna say like the only band that people of our generation, that millennials accept from this world, is 100 Gex. They're like the they're like the one group from this like sound that like millennials know the name of is 100 Gex. And I don't know the subtleties of these new genres of like deliberately confrontational pop music. Oh, okay. Here's a full band version. That's a that's quite a bit more punk. It's actually like a little bit more punk. Like, and this is not this is not going to confront you like that last cover did. This is just a full on like emo style pop punk band from seven years ago, and I don't think I found this cover last time. This is our life now. Covering Forget and Not Slow Down. Murder on Moonlight Beach did do a great job, though, for what they were going for. We should write down all these names and just create bands to uh, <laughs> compete with them. I like that bass lead on this version. They got the lights and the smoke going? (laughs) Yeah. Whoa. (laughs) Nice punk cover. Oh, this is uh, not necessarily America. Okay. Uh, Sorry, I'm just looking at the... I'm just looking at the uh, YouTube description, and it's in Spanish. Nice. Well, they oh. are doing a rocking job. Yes, they are. So, yeah. I was trying to find out what club they were at because they had all the lights and stuff. And I was like, it could just be the club they performed at. had all these extra lights and everything. But now I can't really tell because it's in Spanish. Oh, there is an English translation. I accidentally closed it right as I saw that. And <laughs> now we're moving on. So, uh, there was a very transformative acoustic cover. Let me find that. Oh, I posted this, before I get to that, I posted this one early. I posted this one ahead of us doing this episode. This is Melissa Aquino. This is from two years ago, so definitely we did not play this one, because it was right around the time we started the podcast. And this is their cover. This is uh, Evening of Guitar. December 2019. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we this is after we started this is after we did this is weeks after we originally did this episode. And it doesn't say what city, but this is a six-piece band of young people. Some of them look like teenagers, some of them look like they're in their early 20s, can't quite tell. And maybe all of the musicians are younger and the singers a little older, but here is their performance. For what looks like a crowd of parents, I can't really tell. And this is their cover of Forget and Not Slow Down with a female singer. And I'm Cassie, and we're going to be playing Forget and Not Slow Down by Reliant K.
Good stuff. Love her voice. Yeah, it's great. It could be Melissa. That could be Melissa herself, or that could be a friend or a parent who uploaded the video. Good stuff. But that's Melissa's YouTube channel. And then, uh, yeah, there's a bunch of covers, but I want to play this one other one that's like full on, totally different from... Here it is. This is Alex. This is Alex, and they... Think you have what it takes to play with Metallica? Oh my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) The best way to play like us is to play with us. That's very rude. This is a family (laughs) podcast, sir. (laughs) That was some sort of... This is some sort of app where you can learn to play like Metallica by, like, watching play-along videos of them playing themselves. Whatever. Anyway, this is Forget Not Slow Down cover by Alex. Yep, this is the correct one. And so Alex here, like, totally changes up the cadence of the song, and it's fascinating. And it's only got 400 views after eight years but it's got 14 comments which you barely ever see comments on these covers so this definitely got some interest out of those 400 views so here's that cover how many times can i push it aside it's time i'll be friends i'll love the cups of all the things that hold me most so they leave me alone and there's a labradoodle that keeps coming. the steps of left and right. the direction of I'd rather forget and not slow down than gather regret for the things I can't change now. If I become what I can accept, resurrect the same from There's a big labradoodle right in Alex's face that's like, I don't understand what you're doing. Pay attention to me. <laughs> I love this. Love their voice. So, so good. It, it's still, it's just something, it's got like a, sw- it's more of a swing, swinging cadence to it. And then I think it really changes up after it's this part. It feels summery. It does feel summery. It's almost like a ukulele cover, but it is a guitar. Yeah, yeah. It's like the cadence of a ukulele cover on a guitar. And I think things change up even more after this point. It's time to decide which is out of my mind. Because it will be unless I put some thoughts to rest and leave some faults behind. I'll watch the glint in my See, so whatever the transformation is, like it's it's almost like the lyrics are catching up, like the vocal rhythm is catching up to how Alex is totally changing the rhythm and cadence of the song, and then things aren't quite matching, but Alex is just pushing forward, and I enjoy that. It's very enjoyable. Yeah. Let's see if Alex does the uh, <laughs> the elongated bridge. You just want to see the dog again. Yeah. It is way more upbeat. It, it's, yeah, interesting. It's really cool. So, uh, I found one of those things 
Maybe we'll do a Patreon about it. Oh, uh-oh. <laughs> it's one of those things. Do you remember when I found someone had done... I think it was for For the Band. I could be wrong. But it was definitely an older song where someone had, like, their idea for, a like, a Disney Channel or yes. Nickelodeon yes, TV I do. show. Yes, I do. And they cast it with, like, Zac Efron uh-huh. and Miley Cyrus and Taylor Swift. And uh-huh. they would write the script in the editing software and put the, the dialogue up on the screen. Yep, yep. I think I found something that, if not by that same person, then similar. Amazing. Where it's a picture of Taylor Swift and a picture of a younger, like post, you know, post. Uh, hey, hey, what's the thing called? Hey there, Montana. Hayden, Montana. <laughs> Hannah, Hannah Montana. Montana. A post Hannah Montana, but pre Wrecking Ball, Miley Cyrus. And it just keeps going back and forth between these two images as dialogues up on the screen. And they're talking about something. So it's someone's like script, some kid's like friend fiction. Outstanding. (laughs) We will go cover that over on Patreon. (laughs) But what's funny about it, I'll just give the credit so people can go watch it if they want to, although we're not going to talk about it right now, is it's uploaded by Maggie Moo 9694. And it says... Season 3, episode 43, Forget and Not Slow Down. So this is like their 43rd little episode cast by Taylor Swift and Miley Cyrus. But then they write Forget and Not Slow Down. And then in the description, it says, Okay, you can hate me if you want, because I'm so dumb. I put the wrong Reliant K song in. Oh my god, are you real? Are you reeling me? I'm so sorry I screwed up yet again. Please forgive oh, no. me. Okay? I need you guys to remember this episode. It is very important for the future. Remember episode 44. Okay. Cool. Toodles. And then it still says, song, forget and not slow down. But it's not. That's what you're supposed to be hearing. I <laughs> get it. That's what you're supposed to be hearing. Okay. But I was like, someone can tell Maggie from 2009 that you can go in and change the title. Of the episode and the description so that it's I, I think that given up, given up slowly. I think that they meant to put Forget and Not Slow Down as the song. That's what I mean. Yeah. But if as long as they accidentally didn't, they well, could have just gone could and change changed the, whole the vibe. You don't know. People need to know it was supposed to be Forget and Not Slow Down. Yeah. All right. Well, here's a horse video. <laughs> this is Horse Crazy 3000 because this is something we come across yep. all the time. There's a subset of Reliant K fans that love their horses, and they set tributes of their horses to Reliant K music on YouTube. It happens all the time. Good stuff. They're, dri- they're riding side saddle. They're riding non-saddle. They're just jumping over stuff. <laughs> Driving? That's <laughs> what you do, right? You drive a horse. Uh, oh, uh, yeah, I'll end on that. There's a bunch of AMVs. Nothing, no fandoms that you are, like, particularly interested in that I can bring to you. Like, uh, lots of graduation and summer camp tribute videos. Uh, but I'll end on this. So, Crease, if I'm saying that right, Crease comes up, C-R-E-E-S, big person in the Reliant K fan community on social media. We talk to them once in a while, and I know they're big on the um, 
Discord, the Reliant K Discord. And we've come across... Chris had also originally uploaded the AutoZone song. Oh, nice. Yeah, so yeah. if it wasn't for that upload, we might not have done that episode. And and then, you know, spoken to, uh, spoken to Warren about getting the better quality version. Well, Chris did like a shitpost video that is about some discussion, which I don't understand. Yeah, this might have been from the Discord. This might have been... So to give you context, I think this was a discussion on the Reliant K Discord where Water Buffalo... I'm on the Reliant K Discord, but I haven't used it in months because I really just don't like the format of Discord. I don't like that it's a constantly flowing conversation. I don't like that every fucking time I go into a Discord room and say hi everybody disappears. I don't like that every time I go in and make a point or there's a conversation going on and I'm like, oh yeah, uh, I agree or I know something about that. Here's some other fact and nobody replies to me. That's happened nine times out of ten to me on discord but then like if things go be nice to danny on discord (laughs) but then if things are interesting i'm like i got a life like i can't constantly be on this discord when it is going and no one's there when i am there so i hate discord i just flat out hate the format of discord not just not the reliant k one specifically everyone on the reliant k discord is super nice but i guess water buffalo and this is from one year ago said how I remember the first few months of me listening to Forget and Not Slow Down. I downloaded the album from this shady, shady jailbroken app and instead of the actual Reliant K original baby, it gave me the Justin Bieber baby cover. So Crease, if I'm pronouncing that right, made this kind of video to give you the idea of what it would have been like for Water Buffalo. And it said, so it went from Oasis, Savannah, and then into the Justin Bieber cover. And this obviously doesn't relate to the song Forget Not Slow Down, but this is something that didn't exist the last time I searched the phrase Forget Not Slow Down specifically two years ago. So I was like, I gotta mention this. And then Water Buffalo says, I didn't find out it was a mistake until like three months later. (laughs) So they always thought that it was... (laughs) So it was Oasis, Savannah, and Justin Bieber's baby. Like, man, this album is amazing. Except I don't know why they put this cover of Justin Bieber's you baby know in the middle me. of it. One thing I would say to Crease: this is a great video, and I, I don't mean I'm not. Nit- I am Gosh, nitpicking. Darn it, Danny! I am nitpicking. I'm not? sorry, Crease. but I would have taken the uh, baby cover. And that fade out of Savannah, and I would have overlapped them just a little to make it, which would not have been Water Buffalo's experience. It would have obviously just cut off and directly led. Yeah. It would have. So, you know what? Crease is specifically giving us exactly as it would have sounded to Water Buffalo when they downloaded from the Shady MP3 site. But I would like to make the fake, and I don't want Crease to think I'm ripping them off, which I would in a way, but I want to make like the perfectly faded. Like, even if you can adjust the key of the, uh, like, the guitar tone that leads out of the first song into the second song, like, if you could match them perfectly, blend them perfectly, like it was intent- always intended. So, Jessica. Yes. <laughs> what do you think of the song, 
Baby by Justin Bieber. Uh, Do you like it more, the same, or less? Uh, I think I... This, I guess I like it maybe the same. Okay, well, and I like forgetting not slow down even more I every do. time. That's right, and we didn't have our outro voting. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. Because I'm pretty sure Chris did the thing where it was like the what if? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. There was a thing when we did. <laughs> <laughs> Danny, you just had a conversation in your head. <laughs> What's the baby you look so sexy song? What's that called? Disaster. When we did disaster, we found a different shit post video that Crease did about the baby you look so sexy thing. Anyway. Yeah. We didn't have our voting system at the end when we originally did this episode. So I think originally, if we had voted two years ago, I would have said, I like this song even more. But it's like my love for you, Jessica. At the time... Two years ago, I would think, oh, there's no way I could love this song more. I already love it more than I've ever loved anything in my life. But no, I love it even more. My capacity for love itself grows more every day that I listen to Forget and Not Slow Down and that I live life with you. So that is Forget and Not Slow Down. And we will talk to you guys later. Have a great week. Uh, I don't know if we'll be off next week because I might have to go to my grandmother's memorial, but we'll figure that out. I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> don't we? We had a fun time. I love you guys, and we will hope to see you next week or very soon. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. Until then Until then Until